0: Welcome back to the Bridge Builder podcast, an initiative of the Minnesota Catholic Conference. In each episode of the Bridge Builder, we help you connect your Catholic faith and your work in discipleship in the public arena, helping you translate sometimes strange and abstract concepts into practical things you can do to build God's kingdom here in our world. I'm Jason Adkins, Executive Director of the Minnesota Catholic Conference, and joining me as always in studio is my co-host of the Bridge Builder, Rachel Herbeck, Minnesota Catholic Conference Outreach and Policy Coordinator.
1: Thanks for having me back, Jason. Excited to start off 2019 with a great episode today. Thank,
0: thanks for tolerating me, Rachel. You're, <laughs> you're, the, you're the star. I'm just, you're, oh my you, gosh. you're Batman to my Robin. Let's put it that way. A big thank you, first of all, to Relevant Radio 1330 AM for the use of their recording studio and to our sponsor for this episode of the Bridge Builder Podcast, the Knights of Columbus Minnesota State Council, the Knights of Columbus, are building the domestic church. Today we're talking about environmental policy and integral ecology and how the environment and evangelization efforts can work together. Uh, Really, the environmental consciousness of our age seems to be an opportunity for evangelization. How can we take advantage of that and how can we help translate um, Catholic engagement in the public arena into opportunities for evangelization? We're blessed to be speaking with Ricardo Simmons Ricardo is the founder of the Catholic nonprofit profit CREATIO and works out of both Boulder, Colorado, but also serves as an environmental policy advisor to the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, so we're grateful to have Ricardo with us today. In our classic Catholic social teaching segment, we're discussing Pope Paul VI's letter, *Credo of the People of God, which is really a, a statement of faith, uh, which celebrates its 50th anniversary in 2018. The credo, or creed, like we say at Mass every Sunday, um, is Pope Paul VI's uh, letter, which really provides us great substance as to what we are proclaiming as believers. And today, in a time of uh, confusion about the faith, it's important that we understand the basics and the importance of reaffirming our belief in Catholic doctrine as a source of our Catholic social doctrine. Then finally, in our Bricklayer segment, Rachel will tell us a little bit about some practical tips as we... Uh, enter the legislative session and how to live out faithful citizenship. Rachel, what kind of things can people look forward to in the Bricklayer segment?
1: Yeah, so I think this Bricklayer segment, we're going to combine some of the principles that we're going to talk about in our different discussions and say going in, you know, we're in the new year, going into the new year, going into the legislative session. uh, We're going to talk about some things we can do as Catholics to really form ourselves spiritually moving forward so that we can actually make an impact.
0: Excellent. So let's, let's get into it, Rachel. The uh, We're welcome uh, to have Ricardo Simmons. He's joining us on the line right now from the Rocky Mountains. And as I mentioned earlier, he's the founder of Creazio. He's going to tell us a little bit about that and then also his work as an environmental policy advisor with the USCCB. Welcome, Ricardo. It's great to be with you.
2: Thank you. Thank you for the invitation to, to be with you.
0: Outstanding. So for listeners who aren't familiar with you and your work, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to both start an apostolate uh, related to the environment and creation care, but also work uh, as a policy advisor for the Church.
2: Yeah, I've uh, been interested on the intersection of religion and the environment for a long time, ever since I was in high school or undergraduate student. And in a way, I found my faith. I I had a conversion around when I was 21, and I I became Catholic um, through an experience with nature, and that's always been important to me. Um, So as an undergraduate student, I started Curazio which looked at this intersection of environment, faith, and service to the poor, and that's how the organization organization grew and continues to grow today, mostly uh, centered in Colorado. And following this passion of mine, I did a master's um, in environmental science and policy focused on climate change um, in Colorado and Boulder. And have been serving the bishop, the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, as policy advisor for uh, almost two and a half years now.
1: Wow, I love something I love about what you were saying is how much integration was just in that explanation. You talked about how Criazzo is, you know, the integration of faith, serving the poor, and the environment, and you even talked about climate change and some other things. Just for some of our listeners, I know. In the church or I personally know a lot of people that this environmental idea um, for lack of better phrasing is kind of a, a turnoff to them or they run away from it for lack of better understanding of really how faith and something like environmental justice go together and really integrate together. Can you speak a little bit just for some clarification of terms from the eyes of faith um, what is environmental justice?
2: Yeah. um, Environmental justice includes an intersection of many issues, and the environmental studies, you can look at academia, has been developing over time. It's a new new interest that embraces many fields of study, so it's quite complex. So if that's an experience that many people have, um, we shouldn't be be surprised. and if we, even if we look at Laudato Si, Pope Francis' encyclical, the most repeated phrase there is, everything is connected. Mm-hmm. And very much environmental justice looks at the way um, our natural resources, air, land, and water, integrate with human development and, and human flourishing. And the issues of justice, of well-being, of how we um, relate to, to these resources and how we take care of, our, of, of the human uh, population, but also take care and steward our environment. So I think actually the term introduced in Laudato Si' is, is maybe better than environmental justice, which is integral ecology. I sure. think it's richer, which yeah. includes the breadth of sustainability, but also the depth of the human dimension and, and the integration of faith and the relationship with, with God um, in, in the, the whole picture.
0: Ricardo, let's explore that a little bit deeper this idea of integral ecology and everything's connected and bringing things together. You know, one of the challenges that we face in the church today is a kind of reductionism about everything, right? And what I mean by that is, you know, the faith is fundamentally reduced to an experience, an encounter, a personal relationship. And therefore, everything else seems to be like a hobby that some Catholics might take up. Um, but not everyone needs to. It's sort of like everything else is kind of optional, right? So faithful citizenship, well, if you like politics, you can be a faithful citizen, you know? Or if you like to learn about the faith through study and reading theology and understanding in a deeper way, well, that's your thing, and you can go do that. Um, or if you're interested in liturgy or deeper prayer life, and uh, those are things that you can do as well. And now a certain degree, that's, of course, true. Not everyone has to have the same... Uh, passion and desire to dig deep into all these dimensions of the faith. But at the same time, we can't you know, reduce our faith simply to that, uh, that personal experience or that personal relationship. These do have implications for how we live our life in every way, and I think oftentimes people are surprised to hear that the Church has something to say about the environment or that our engagement with our environment, or what one might call the created order, um, that's part of who we are as disciples, and it's something that we can't separate from that. So, say a little bit about you know if you can nutshell it for us. You know, if you if someone were to ask you off the street, well, I'm surprised to hear that Catholics are engaged in the environment. They might ask you what you do, Ricardo. What's your kind of elevator pitch to them? What what do you say that the Church has to say about the environment? Yeah, great
2: question. And first of all, I would say that it's uh, caring for the environment is part of the the whole structure of faith itself, and we look at. Jesus, and he spoke of the birds of the air and the lilies in the field, and that invitation to live a life of love and holiness has to be reflected as well in our relationship with creation, with the environment, and a certain gentleness and tenderness that we're invited to walk um, in the world. And I think as Catholics, we should be wary of these um, disintegrating and divisive approaches that try and split. Um, certain aspects of, of life, um, uh, from others. I mean, a great example is, um, the pro life message that is, uh, part of the Catholic view of caring for the environment. It's not an either or, it's a both and. If we're called to care for the environment and, and love creation, well, that's, uh, consequently, we, we need to reflect that to, to the unborn, for example. And that's very much in Laudato Si itself. So it's a holistic vision of the world where the attitude of love and gentleness and, and holiness has to be reflected in all dimensions of life, in our relationship with the environment, in our relationship with others, with ourselves, and with God himself.
1: Can you Going right off of that, Ricardo, can you talk a little bit maybe about Um, even from the beginning, right? From the beginning, man is called to stewardship by God in the garden. And so even we see in the creation story in Genesis, um, in both accounts, this idea of stewardship and and caring for the earth. Can you dive into that a little bit?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a really important uh, place uh, to look at because it reflects the dimensions of, of our work. At the same time as the human being is called to respect the environment, we also need to recognize that our, our distinct role and in the invitation of Genesis was to till the earth. And it's undeniable that we have an impact on the environment. For example, you hear a slogan often, I don't know if you've heard this in, in environmental stru- uh, circles, of leave no trace, which is a mantra when you go to the environment. I would say that there's a value there where you you know, you shouldn't trash the planet and you shouldn't do that. But at the same time, human beings are called to leave a trace, a good trace. And we know from the Genesis story itself that we can cause both good and evil. But we are called to leave a trace and, and leave a mark on, on the Earth. And sometimes there is a, um, an allergic reaction to human um, intervention in nature. And it's not that simple. It's more nuanced. We are called to... Be involved. We're we're called to till um, the earth, but till it in in a good way. And I think this the richness of the Christian tradi- Judeo Christian tradition can offer a lot to the environmental movement that is faced with with many dilemmas um, and and polar oppositions. And the integral view um, contained in Laudato Si, but even beyond in uh, Pope John Paul II, Benedict the Sixteenth is very rich and and can be uh, offer a lot to to a world that is struggling. With um, caring for the environment.
0: Ricardo, building on that theme of uh, leaving a trace, sometimes we leave the wrong trace or sometimes mm-hmm. we want to make sure we leave the right trace on things. And this is where uh, not only our individual actions and our individual roles as stewards comes into play, but also uh, what we do as a society and how we reflect that desire to leave the right trace. In our laws, so say a little bit about your work. And what does that mean practically with the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops as an environmental policy advisor? And and what what are some big things on the radar in terms of uh, legislative efforts, both nationally and globally, that you're aware of that people should be paying attention to?
2: Certainly, yeah, and we um, at the U.S.C.C.B. We're constantly looking at um, legislation and and advocacy efforts that align with this uh, Catholic view of of integral ecology. And one great example is um, the Climate Solutions Caucus that um, developed over the last few years in the House of Representatives, and it reflected very much Pope Francis' speech um, when he spoke to the U.S. Congress, where he thought that the environment should be a space for dialogue. And that's very, uh, much what happened. It was one of the few spaces of bipartisan dialogue was with regards to the climate solutions caucus. And that's something the conference of bishops supported and upheld, um, yeah, constantly. Another example of our advocacy work it has to do with the land and water conservation fund, for example, which is a fund, a federal fund, um, administered by the uh, Department of the Interior that protects Um, natural resources in different states um, that has value for the people and for the environment itself and promoting that. And uh, once again, that has been a space of bipartisan um, dialogue. And finally, another example, and this has been discussed in the last session of Congress and and will continue um, in this administration has to do with a fuel emission standards for vehicles. And transportation is a large section of uh, emissions that not only has implications for carbon dioxide and climate change, but also pollution in cities. I mean, in Denver itself, you can already see the smog that is uh, developing on the horizon on, on many afternoons and it it affects people's health. Um, So that is an issue that also been important. We're going to continue working on that. And what's lastly, what's developing is a rollback on uh, mercury regulation standards and which affect the health of people and especially the unborn. So that's another issue which lines up many of the important principles of our Catholic social teaching, protecting the environment and protecting, um, life.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it's so great for people to hear, even in that sh- that list that you just mentioned, the breadth of which this covers, you know, everything from it affects pro-life and all of these different things that, that you're working on. Um, and one thing in, in connection to this that I want to circle back to so our listeners can kind of hear a process. These are all ways that on a policy level, the USCCB and you're working to steward the earth well, but in order to be a good steward, there has to be this conviction of how much good is in the earth to actually steward and you mentioned at the beginning that you know when you were 21 you had this really significant um, experience in nature and maybe it was an experience of wonder and awe in nature that really led you to the faith. Can you talk a little bit about the connection there of now working on these big policy questions um, and how that connects to kind of that initial conversion of heart um, that you have and maybe how that plays out in in Creazio, the ministry that you started?
2: Yeah. I think that you know the the conviction and my my motivation for for doing all this is is my faith and I see all these issues which are often um, explained or projected as as distinct and disintegrated as as connected and they, they unite and they find their center in in my faith in my relationship with with God and the goodness that God um, intended for the world I think that as the Church has been discussing, for example, we had a recent synod on evangelization and youth. This space is such a unique and important space for the future of the Church, because young people, and I continue to be involved in university circles, and this was true uh, in the 2000s when I was an undergraduate student, and it shows today of how they're interested. Many youth are interested in the future of the planet, in the environment, but also drawn to experiences um, in nature. Mm -hmm. And the Church has so much to teach there of integrating um, its message on serving the poor to um, caring for creation and the environment. I'll just give one example of what I mean, which is the tradition of pilgrimage in the Catholic Church. You know, you have heard of the Camino of Santiago or even the United States. There are some traditions of pilgrimage. And in that experience, you walk through nature and you are somewhat um, open and receptive to the generosity of others. And in that experience, you become the poor person by being hungry and thirsty, and your foot hurts. And that experience of poverty, which sometimes is harder, it's harder to help uh, to receive uh, kindness than than give it. And in that experience of being poor, we find our right proportion in the world. We are small, and we remember that God is the Lord of our lives, and He's in charge, and not us. And that attitude of humility, of gentleness, I think is so important, not only for a relationship and sharing with the environment, but for how we relate with others, with our family members, with our neighbors, and the humility that we need to approach God in prayer and ask for His goodness and His love.
0: Mm-hmm. while well, embracing the awe and majesty of creation and our Lord in the, the truest sense of that term, uh, in the majesty of what He's created, in the awe of His generosity and goodness, and the Reality of our smallness and our utter dependence on Him. So, bringing it all together, Ricardo, that's excellent. So, for folks who aren't familiar with Creazio, which is now working directly with at least one archdiocese, tell us, you know, concretely what you're doing with Creazio, the types of things they're doing, and how it's making an impact on young people's lives and helping to both foster that ecological conversion that Pope Francis talks about in Laudato Si', but also at a deeper and more fundamental level, conversion to Christ?
2: Sure. There are many um, different activities and events um, that Creatio does, mostly focused in um, in Denver, but we're, we've been growing um, throughout the country, and, and a lot of our trips are international trips. So some of our activities are mission trips, service trips, where we go both nationally and internationally um, and do a service project um, in communities that are are underprivileged, and many of those have an an environmental component. For example, building cook stoves um, in uh, poor countries, and one of the greatest causes of of death is um, indoor smoke. Um, And and a cook stove is a very simple, low-impact technology that can do a lot of good for for poor families And a lot of countries we work in are Latin America, and there's a, a, a very rich Catholic tradition there. so. We also give some of um, our technology and, and our resources, but we receive the gifts of faith and, and their traditions. There's an exchange there. Um, another activity that we do are uh, pilgrimages, as I just mentioned, and we've done the Camino Santiago many times. Uh, two summers ago, I led a group, and we walked. For, during the Year of Mercy, Pope Francis asked for everyone to go on a pilgrimage, so we walked from Rome uh, to Poland in Krakow, so that was about two and a half months, and we prayed the spiritual exercises, for example. Um, and we do shorter pilgrimages in the United States and New Mexico to Chimayo. That's been an ongoing tradition, and hundreds of students, both Catholic and non-Catholic, are invited to join and kind of experience the beauty of nature um, through that. And then finally, we do outdoor um, adventure experiences, anywhere from backcountry skiing and sometimes a priest will go along and we will have mass in these cabins in the, in the mountains, or hiking, rock climbing, all kinds of different activities that um, allow us to be in touch with nature. It's so important to actually get out there and away from our phones and technology and experience reality and the beauty of God in that. And finally, we do events, social events and educational events, where we integrate environmental awareness with um, Catholic social teaching.
0: Well, that sounds a lot like John Paul II's ministry to young people in Poland, and is there a, is there a connection there, there at all, Ricardo, in, this, in the sense of the trips that he took to minister to young people, and really encountering creation and integrating that into their, uh, his catechetical formation of young adults?
2: No, not formally, but I think the inspiration is, is very similar, is this um, invitation to evangelization. And uh, John Voltou I, I don't think his message his, in 1990 on the environment, which became uh, foundational for, for the Church's message in recent times on, on ecology, I don't think that was disconnected from his own experience or going out in canoes in Poland and taking young people and celebrating Mass outdoors. I think it's the same spirit, it's the same movement that really um, is captured in, in, in Vatican II, this idea that the Church is invited to go out and engage the world and be um, creative at the same time faithful to its teaching. And um, I really like this phrase by Pope Benedict that Pope Francis repeats so much, which is faith grows by attraction. And at least for me, and when I meet students on campus, you know, I think of a backcountry skiing trip or a walk across Spain, these things are are attractive and they're beautiful. And the faith is expressed in joy and, and friendship and sounds and, peace and I think that's very much the, the invitation here and there's so much beauty in creation and especially in the United States what a beautiful country um, I live. you know I can see the Rocky Mountains that's that's a gift of God that uh, I think as Catholics we need to really uh, embrace and and integrate to, to our faith. So that's very much the, the proposal of, of Creatio. and steering away from you know disintegrating and, and political divisions and rather, focusing on what's essential to
0: our faith and and encountering the Lord. Wow. Ricardo, what a blessing to have you with us. Uh, A time when people are discouraged about the faith, the news cycle gets people down, the polarization, everything else, and to hear someone uh, seeing with the eyes of Christ and offering opportunities for encounter and evangelization through the gift of the Lord's creation. Ricardo, we're just really grateful and commend you for your efforts. Where can people go if they want to know more about Creazio? Yeah, I mean, our website
2: has information about all our trips and activities. That's um, www.creatio.org, so C-R-E-A-T-I-O, that's creation in Latin. Um, and there's information for all that we do. And yeah, I'd, I'd like to invite everybody to reach out to us and find a trip or an activity that, that excites you. And we're, we're happy to, to collaborate and, and grow um, in, other, in other Catholic communities across the
0: country. Wonderful. Well, thanks for being with us, Ricardo, and blessings on your work, both in ministry and with the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops as an environmental policy advisor, Ricardo Simmons, Creazio, and the USCCB. We'll be right back in a moment. That was a blessing to be with Ricardo Simmons uh, from Creazio and the USCCB to hear about um, the ways in which the beauty of what God's created and given us to till and to keep can be an opportunity for an encounter and evangelization and the importance of working in the public arena to protect it and steward it, to to not to leave no trace, but to leave the right trace. In our Classic Catholic Social Teaching segment right now, we're going to talk about The Credo of the People of God, which was released, a statement of faith released by Pope Paul VI in 1968, celebrating its 50th year in 2018, and as usual, we like to identify documents and church teachings that have a particular relevance today or are celebrating an anniversary, and this is really one of them, too. The reason that we're bringing this document and giving it up and giving it greater attention Often, this type of reductionism that we talked about in our conversation with Ricardo that that faith can be reduced to in its simplest form to merely an experience and a counter, a personal relationship that uh, it has no more content than what one might find in the scriptures. And certainly, obviously, the Word of God is a foundational text in terms of who we are and what our identity is, and that relationship is the font uh, of, from which everything else flows. But our relationship has content. We can't love something that we don't know. So in the wake of a lot of confusion after the Second Vatican Council about what the Church actually taught, what it actually believed, what it actually asserted, what it actually was proclaiming uh, to the modern world, uh, had it, after Vatican II, basically abandoned everything and reduced it to merely this relationship or encounter, or is there a substantive content to the faith? And into that breach steps Pope Paul VI with an affirmation of uh, what can simply be said as Catholicism, right, Rachel?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, too, the the idea of this reductionism or reducing it to an encounter, it's more so, I think, what, what Pope Paul VI does, St. Pope Paul VI, and also what the true Catholic faith is, is that the encounter opens you up to this treasure. You know, you have this initial encounter, and then your eyes are open, and it's like you walk into this huge room with all of these treasures and that's the fullness of the faith and i think this is exactly what pope paul the sixth puts forward for us in this document
0: and really a foundation in the faith right Mm -hmm. in the sense like you're saying is it opens up into a house a treasure room with inexhaustible riches and as you explore deeper and deeper and unpack the reality and the breadth of these teaching and what it all means um this is enormously powerful and And though it doesn't speak specifically to the social doctrine of the church, we know the social doctrine of the church really is a reflection, a deeper reflection on the gospel and on the traditional doctrines of the church. Mm -hmm. In fact, uh, who Christ is and who he's called us to be, what is our identity? The social doctrine in one sense is part of our identity, who we are and who we're called to be in the world and in society. So we can't uh, reduce faith merely to... And the experiential level, otherwise we'll gut
1: mm-hmm. the
0: whole tradition in terms of what it means to live, that whole tradition of reflection about what it means to live in society. And our faith does, in fact, have real rich content that provides the basis for our social action. So here's Pope Paul VI, 50 years ago, uh, affirming in a time of confusion and in a conversation that continues today, mm-hmm. really still for a lot of folks, um, that, no, the faith has content. It's mm-hmm. it's a community of believers reflecting upon The revelation of our Lord and then drawing that out into all levels of society and deepening uh, that uh, that treasure room, like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. Rachel, and the inexhaustible riches that can guide us in our faith and our walk with the Lord.
1: Yeah. And it feels like there are different points, even in my own personal walk of faith, that there are different points. And now maybe seems like another moment that we need this kind of statement again, and we need to go back to this kind of statement and say, who, where is our foundation? Who are we? What do we believe? Where are we at? And in in detail too, you know, Paul Paul VI doesn't just say, we believe in God. We believe in a father. We believe in a son. We believe in the Holy Spirit. He goes into detail. Who is that father? What, does, what, what do Catholics know of that father? What do Catholics know of that son? What do Catholics know of the Holy Spirit in detail? And I love how he says in the, in the beginning, um, in so many words, he basically says, we're aware that this kind of profession of faith agitates people. <laughs> You know, he says, we are aware of the disquiet, which agitates certain modern quarters with regard to the faith. He says, in making this profession, we know that this will agitate people. I think sometimes we feel that, that this professing with this amount of detail and this amount of gusto, straightforwardly what we believe, that causes some agitation in people. And maybe instead of thinking, oh, we don't want to cause agitation, but I feel like that kind of proves that, It's true. You know, if it's not causing as agitation for people, then this would just be, oh, that's just another document. Oh, we'll just we'll just set it aside. You know, so I love how he acknowledges that there. And I think it's kind of a word for us too. like, even if this sometimes makes people uncomfortable or the world doesn't like what we have to say in terms of who we're proclaiming that Jesus is and who we're proclaiming that the Catholic Church is, um, that shouldn't stop us from making this profession.
0: Yeah. To assert something is true. That that active assertion is really the great sin of our modern times mm-hmm. of, of pseudo-tolerance in the, in the sense that uh, not only do we assert these things as true, but we assert them as the way, the truth, and the life for all people. Mm-hmm. And that is a complete scandal uh, in our society today, but it's not only the assertion of the divinity of Jesus and his proclaiming his resurrection, our belief in the Mass, the Holy Catholic Church, but also our implications for how we should live in society the right mm-hmm. ordering of creation to really be observant of the way in which our lord has ordered creation through his word right the great act of creation through god's word mm-hmm. the logos that orders things and that to act in accordance with the way in which our creation is ordered is the path to happiness and that's mm-hmm. really the social doctrine of the church
1: yeah exactly right so um
0: it's the the, the importance of this uh document at that time cannot be understated really developed more and more by his successor, Pope John Paul II, and then his successor, Pope Benedict, um, who he put in charge of writing the Catechism of the Catholic Church, really is the the, the next step after Mm -hmm. Pope Paul VI issued this document, ongoing confusion after the Second Vatican Council. Then we have the Catechism of the Catholic Church Mm -hmm. as a deeper exposition of the faith in modern times, and then of course the Compendium of the Social Doctrine of the Church, which even delves deeper than what the Catechism does on questions of the relationship of the person and society and the person to God. So mm-hmm. uh, this document, uh, the Credo of the People of God, this statement of belief, I believe, uh, from Pope Paul VI, uh, an important foundation that eventually led to the Catechism, a clarification that the faith does in fact have content, the statements and reflections and the tradition of our community of believers over thousands of years, it, it continues to be reasserted. And though that relationship with Christ uh, is the foundation of that, that that relationship of love as content that mm-hmm. there's something that's that binds us together and is a belief. And what do we believe when we say "I believe" at mass? There's there's real content
1: mm-hmm. to that. Yeah, and to bring it back to our our conversation with Ricardo, you know, I would encourage you to to read this document and to pray over it because it contains these extremely deep spiritual realities that. If we're praying through these and we're believing them, they can't help incite in us wonder and awe. You know, even talking about the Trinity, he talks about how the relationship between the Father and the Son and then the Holy Spirit is the expression of their eternal love that invites us into that very relationship. You know, that's just one example of the treasures that are in here. And when you really dive into that, you say, How can that's that's awe inspiring that I, me and the you know, I get up and go to work every morning and have this monotonous life, but I am invited into this relationship between the Father and the Son. That's awe inspiring. And then I think when we understand it, then we go out and it connects us to these experiences in nature. You know, Ricardo was saying he had this awe inspiring, wonder stricken experience of, you know, taking us to the majesty of God when It's like nature and creation in every blade of grass, everything brings alive this creed that we believe if we're not shunning the Holy Spirit and if we have eyes to see it.
0: Indeed. The Credo of the People of God, issued by Pope Paul VI in 1968, an excellent uh, foundation for our next segment, the Bricklayer segment. And we're going to talk about how to translate this awe-inspiring belief, this beauty of our Catholic faith into practical action. We'll be back in a moment in the bridge builder podcast we try to take on that role as making connections crossing paths that seem non-traversable so to speak um the, the title of the holy father pontifex maximus uh, the pontiff is the bridge builder. He's the great bridge builder and we can be bridge builders in our own right, but the bridge is built brick by brick. Mm-hmm. And therefore we have at the end of each pot bridge builder podcast the brick layer segment. Rachel Herbeck leads the way with the staff of the Minnesota Catholic Conference in helping people take action to say, Okay, I wanna live this more deeply, especially in the public arena, so what do we do? And therefore hence the reason for the this very practical segment and living the Catholic faith and being not just a bridge builder, but recognizing that's done brick by brick. So Rachel, what, what can we do, uh, especially reflecting on the great wisdom of Pope Paul VI and Mm -hmm. maybe some of the things too that Ricardo talked about. What's, how can we translate this going into a new legislative session 2019?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we're in a new legislative session in a new year. And so I think this is a perfect time for people to really take stock of where they're feeling called to make these practical steps. Um, And so I think that really looks like examining what issues are you in your community, in your life, are you really passionate about? And I think a way to do that, is to really pray with, you know, I said pray with this document We're encouraging you to do a lot of praying. <laughs> um, I think really pray with the principles of Catholic social teaching. Jason was talking about these principles, these seven principles that the church in her wisdom has articulated um, about how, how we live, you know, everything from human dignity being the first principle to um, care for creation, which is something that Ricardo talked about. And you can find details about those principles and what they entail on our website, mncatholic.com. Dot org. Um, but I, I encourage you print something off, take a little journal to prayer and pray over these different topics, you know, pray over the topic of environmentalism, pray over um, human dignity and, and ask the Holy Spirit to, to pierce your heart and show you ways in your community that those are being violated and to really convict you about how to move forward on some of those things, and I think going off of something that Pope Paul VI talked about in The Credo of the People of God, if you go and read it, he talks about um, how people desire, it's good to see Catholics and people desiring change, but we need to make sure that our change and the things that we do for change are, are basically tied to the Word of God, and he says the people of God wait on the Word of God. You know, so I think it seems almost impractical sometimes to pray, but really how do we approach these issues in waiting on the Word of God? And really saying, how do we how do we put this under the submission of you know the lordship of Christ and let Him lead us to what are the issues in my community that I can take a step on?
0: And again, not reducing the social doctrine of the church to mere intellectual knowledge, but praying, as you mm-hmm. said, Rachel. And praying in the context of our own gifts, our own experiences, where the Lord has planted us, Mm -hmm. to use a term, Um, sometimes we get people coming up to us and saying, what can I do? You know, Mm -hmm. I want to start a national newspaper or Mm -hmm. I want to do this or that great thing. Well, um, has he given you that gift? Has the Lord given you those gifts, those resources to Mm -hmm. do those things? Or is he calling us to something that's perhaps a little bit more tangible and perhaps rooted in the reality of Our concrete lives and where we've been planted in our local communities not everyone can speak to the big national or international challenge but we can all speak to those challenges that are right in our midst so being called to see things with the eyes of Christ what issues or what perspectives on which do we have particular gifts that we can bring to those discussions and then how can we take the resources and tools and the social doctrine of the church praying about them and then apply them to concrete situations and the Catholic social teaching not being a ready-made set of answers or policy mm-hmm. prescriptions, but really a mental model for us as disciples mm-hmm. to use to both interpret and see concrete solutions uh, through mm-hmm. and apply those principles correctly. And if you don't know those principles, you're going to be in trouble because you can't give what you don't have. So really understanding mm-hmm. Catholic social teaching, not as a ready-made set of answers, but a model for you to take and pray about and then apply those principles into the concrete situations and challenges of our lives and our local Mm -hmm.
1: communities. Yeah. And just the I want to just echo the particularity that Jason is talking about of what you're there's so many ways that already in the things that you are doing in your life. Um, that I think will be revealed to you of how you can already take practical steps. Maybe you work in a school, and by going into to prayer on some of these principles, maybe the Lord will reveal to you some some small ways that you feel like, hey, I need to speak up about this particular thing. Or actually, you know, through prayer, I saw that this was an issue that I'm really passionate about regarding education. And so I can learn more, even just learn more about that or throw my hat in the ring. Or maybe you've noticed that there have been some, you know, untruthful op-eds in your newspaper about some certain issues relating to, you know, reproductive health or whatnot. You know, these are specific examples, but just to give you an idea of things that you could do when you decide to, you know, write, you know, response to your newspaper, even something just as small as that, but I think starting with the prayer you get the mental framework and so then you begin to see things with the eyes of Christ and the eyes of faith and the eyes of this social teaching and so then even just the smallest thing is a practical step.
0: And sometimes we think that state or federal politics can be inaccessible. You know, there's the the one extreme of trying to do everything at the national or international level.
1: Mm-hmm. And then there's
0: the other stre- extreme of being afraid of what's going on and being right. thinking you won't make any impact. Mm-hmm. Now, fortunately, even at the state level, we all have local legislators and we can build concrete relationships and real relationships with those people. And that's really easy to do. Mm-hmm. And we've got an opportunity coming up in which people can overcome some of their fears about working with their legislators at the state level and start to build some of those relationships.
1: Yeah, so next month we have our Catholics at the Capitol event, um, February 19th, 2019. That's coming up quick here. And so if you have not registered, Um, Right now, as I'm speaking and you're listening to this, get on your computer and register. Um, You're not going to want to miss this event. Again, as Jason said, it's going to give you an opportunity with other people from your legislative district to go and start those relationships. So I think that's helpful sometimes for that beginning to have other people around you. And we're going to have a great morning with some inspirational speakers. Archbishop Charles Chaput is going to be with us. Jim Caviezel um, from the movie The Passion of the Christ is going to be with us as well, um, as well as some great, a great lineup that's just going to really educate us and inspire us to go out and make a difference uh, with other Catholics around us. So February 19th, 2019, you can go to our website, www.catholicsatthecapital.org to register and find out all the information that you need.
0: And not only are attendees equipped and inspired are inspired and engaged, but they're also equipped to then in the afternoon portion of the program, go to the Capitol mm-hmm. with new friends, hopefully from their district right. and then form deeper relationships with their legislators. We don't always have to agree with our legislator on everything, but there's always something, almost always something you can find common ground on them with them uh, and uh, work together for human dignity and the common good. That's our program for this episode of the Bridge Builder Podcast. Again, a big thank you to Relevant Radio 1330 AM here in the Twin Cities, and our sponsor, the Minnesota Knights of Columbus State Council. The Knights of Columbus are building the domestic church, and thank you for listening. Make sure to, you can share. Make sure to share this podcast with all of your friends and family. Let them know that we are on Google Play, uh, Apple Podcast. Uh, all the other ones I'm forgetting now, Spotify, <laughs> SoundCloud, all these sorts of things. I'm stuck in the 20th century. I apologize I for heard. that. But you can find our podcast, even if you don't have those links, mncatholic.org as well. What better way to end our podcast of great conversations uh, than with great sacred music? Here we are with Dona Nobis Pacem. Grant Us Peace, performed by the National Catholic Youth Choir at St. John's Abbey and University, peace be with you in this new year. God bless you. Thanks for listening.